Well, praise the Lord. I trust that you've had a wonderful time in this time of worship and a very strong anointing that flowed and I trust that God's touched you and your family if you're watching from home or wherever you are, even in the in-person gathering. You know, at this time and season where there's a lot of darkness that's moving more and more around the world, it's so important to get into the presence of God. Amen. So today and next week, I'm going to be talking to you about subduing the enemy through the power of the Holy Spirit. Subduing the enemy through the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, how many of you believe that there is a devil out there and that his greatest ambition is to stop you and I from fulfilling God's plan for our lives? Do you, know, do you know why the devil wants to do that? Because when you fulfill God's plan for your life, it's the highest level of success you can have in this world. Amen? And so the devil doesn't want you to be successful. He doesn't want you to achieve that. He wants you to miss God completely. He wants you to miss the plan of God for your life. And he's going to do everything in his power to stop you from walking that journey of your, of your destiny. We've been talking about this on, on the daily devotion for the past eight weeks. And I trust you've been watching, uh, listening, uh, sorry, uh, listening, not watching. And that you got something out of this. But the enemy wants to stop you from fulfilling God's plan for your life. Amen. 1 Peter 5 verse 8 tells us that our adversary, you know what, what is an adversary? Is the one who opposes you, who comes against you, who resists you. That's your adversary. 1 Peter 5 verse 8 says, Our adversary, the devil, is walking around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. And so Peter wants a church. And he's telling the church, there is a devil out there. You may not see him because he's in the spirit. But that doesn't mean he's not real and he's not going to come against you. And he encourages the people of God to be vigilant. Be sober and vigilant. In other words, be aware of what's going on in the spirit. Because your, your adversary, the one who hates you, the one who wants to destroy you, is going around seeking whom he may devour. You see, Jesus clearly stated in John chapter 10, verse 10, that the thief does not come except to kill, steal, and destroy. That's the work of darkness, to kill, steal, and destroy. But devil, if, he, if he had his way, he would kill you. He would kill every child of God if he had his way. Amen. God stops him. He cannot go further than that. You can read that in the book of Job. God said you can afflict him, but don't. You cannot take his life. You can't go further past a certain boundary. But you know, the strange thing is there are many churches today that don't believe that Satan is as real as God and the angels are in the spirit realm. They believe God is real, God, the angels, the archangels, they can believe that. But when it comes to the devil, 
There are churches, believe it or not, who are not so sure about the reality of the devil. Some even preach that if you speak of a devil in church, you are giving him glory. I mean, I cannot think of anything more, sorry to use this word, but silly than that. We don't give glory to the devil when we speak about him. Jesus spoke about the devil so many times. The apostles, Peter, Paul, they all spoke about the devil. Not to give him glory, of course not, but so that we understand his works. Amen. Let me suggest to you this morning that if you don't know how your enemy functions, what his plans are against you, and how to defeat him, you will end up second best. In every army, in every war, there are spies that go out. Why? So that they can bring back information regarding the enemy and what he's up to. So that this army can plan victory. Amen. We don't give glory to the devil because we speak about him. We expose him. We expose his demonic ploys against the children of God. That's why we speak about the devil. And I don't apologize about this because it's important for the church to know that there is an arch enemy out there and he's after you and he's after me. He wants to destroy us. He wants to stop us from fulfilling our destiny, God's plan for our life. Our life. Now we need... We learn how to defeat him because if we don't know how to win over him, if we don't understand his strategies and his tactics and his plans to bring us down, he will win over us every single time. You know, most Christians don't see the attacks of the enemy coming their ways. And what happens is, only when they are almost down and out, they start thinking, could this be a demonic onslaught? Could this be the enemy coming against me? But by that time, he's done much damage. But if you understand the wiles of the enemy, that's what Paul writes in the book of Ephesians. The wiles means the strategies. He's a strategist. The enemy is a strategist. If you don't understand his wiles, you can't come against him. If you don't know what he's going to do to try and bring you down, you won't know how to defeat him. Amen. Now, having said that, we know that when Jesus went to the cross and rose from the dead, he triumphed over the power of death and over all the power of the enemy. Can you say amen to that? He did. You see, the power of the enemy is nothing for God. Absolutely nothing. When Lucifer, going back millions and millions of years ago, when Lucifer rebelled against God, God just blew him out of heaven, man. Lucifer thought he was so powerful. In fact, he thought he could become God. It was nothing for God. It's almost like I picture God like, you know, you flick a, fl a fly out of the way. That's how he flicked you, Lucifer, out of heaven. 
and he tumbled out of there. It's nothing for God. We must understand if the power of the devil is nothing for God. Amen. And so Jesus triumphed over the power of death and over all the power of the enemy. Colossians chapter 2 verse 15 says this. Having disarmed principalities and powers, he made, thus Jesus, made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. Hallelujah. And one of those principalities and powers of darkness is death. Amen. Listen to what it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 54 to and 55. You see what it says. So when this corruptible has put on incorruption, and this mortal has put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your sting? O Hades, where is your victory? You know, Paul's writing to the Corinthians church, and in a sense he's mocking that spirit. Death, where is? Come on, show me. Show me where your victory is. Because Jesus has triumphed over the power of the enemy. You see, the verdict that was rendered in the courts of heaven was that the enemy is now defeated once and for all. Do you know that the only power the enemy can have over you is the power that you give him? Outside of that, he cannot have any power over you. And sometimes we give him power because we are ignorant of his wiles. We are ignorant of his strategies. We don't see his attack coming our way. So we make way. We, we, in our ignorance, we let him. We leave the door open. We don't shut the door to him. But that's the only way he can get to us. What we need to understand, though, is that for a verdict which was already pronounced when Jesus said it is finished and when he rose from the dead. The verdict was pronounced, death is defeated. The power of the enemy is destroyed once and for all. But for that verdict to become an experiential reality in our lives, it has to be implemented and enforced. It's one thing for a judge to pass a verdict, but if the law enforcement authorities don't enforce that verdict, then it's just a bunch of hot air. It has to be enforced. It has to be put into action. Otherwise, it's just a verdict. So now, we know what the verdict is. We have to action this verdict in order to enforce it and bring it to pass in our lives. Amen. How do we do that? Well, I want to suggest to you this morning that by getting filled with the power of the Holy Spirit and operating in that power when needed. You see, we need the power of God working in and through us in order to cause the enemies of God to submit themselves to His will. We can't do that in our own natural power. 
We need the power of the Holy Spirit. Listen to what it says in Psalm 66, verses 1 to 3. It says, Make a joyful shout to God, all the earth. Sing out the honor of his name. Make his praise glorious. Say to God, How awesome are your works. Through the greatness of your power, your enemies shall submit themselves to you. Now that's what I'm talking to you about this morning. Through the greatness of your power, your enemies shall submit themselves to you. In the same way, through the greatness of God's power in our lives, our enemies shall submit themselves to us. Wow, you think to us? Yes, to you. If you've got Jesus in your life and you're filled with the Spirit of God, the enemy has to submit to your command. He's under your feet. We are the head, not the tail. We are above, not beneath. We have the authority of Christ and we, am, we walk in that authority. We have the power of the Holy Spirit in us to subdue our enemy. So when the Holy Spirit comes upon us, he fills us with the power of God. And by so doing, he empowers us to subdue the enemies of God unto God's will. Come on, church. You know, most Christians, they don't, this thought has not even penetrated. They see themselves as little nothings. No, you're not a little nothing. You are huge in the spirit. The enemy has to listen to your command and he has to obey you. You have the power of the spirit. If you are filled with the spirit of God, you are the power. You have been empowered to subdue the enemy unto the will of God. Like we read in Psalm 66, verses 1 to 3. Acts chapter 1, verse 8 says this, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Until then, you don't have power. I'm talking spiritual power now. That's why Jesus told his disciples, don't do anything. Go and wait until you receive a promise of a father. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit's come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, all Judea, Samaria, and to the end of the earth. You see, you and I need that power, people of God. In this time and season where darkness is covering the earth more and more, you and I need to get more and more filled with the Spirit of God. And more and more filled with His anointing. More and more filled with His power. More and more filled with His fire. So that we can subdue the works of darkness unto the will of God. I want to remind you, Psalm 66, the three we read this just now. It says, your enemies shall submit themselves to you through the greatness of your power. This is no maybe. Notice what it says. Your enemies shall. It doesn't say sometimes, maybe, perhaps. No. Your, enemy, the, your enemies shall submit themselves to you. There is no maybe here. It's guaranteed results. That is why Jesus told his disciples not to do anything 
until they had received power from another. He said, then you shall be my witnesses. But you know, if you read the book of Acts, what kind of witness? The book of Acts is full of the apostles and others going around in the power and anointing of the Holy Spirit, setting people free, continuing, in other words, the work of Jesus, the ministry of Jesus, healing the sick, Casting out devils. Raising the dead. None of this can happen in the natural. We need the power of God. Because all of these things, sickness, disease, bondage, every affliction and bondage is a work of darkness in our lives. Every addiction is a work of darkness and you need the power of God to be set free from these things. Hallelujah. You see, so Jesus said, you will be my witnesses. In other words, people will see there's something different about you. Your life will be a testimony of the power of God. And you know, the majority of the church is very happy to come to church or whenever, well, whenever church is open these days. But even before that, to just warm a pew. They leave church and they never do anything with the power of the Holy Spirit that is in them. But the church is not meant to be like this. And I can tell you as we get closer and closer to the end of this age, the church has to become powerful. We did a whole series on church powerful some time ago. The church has to arise and subdue the works of darkness through the power of of the Holy Spirit. Jesus knew that the early church, the disciples, would be facing enemy onslaught as they began to spread the gospel into enemy territory. Jesus knew that. And so he knew that they had to be empowered to deal with that enemy and enforce the verdict that was rendered regarding the defeat of Satan and all his cohorts. And that same thing applies to us today. You and I will struggle to lead a victorious Christian life until we are empowered by the Holy Spirit. The reason is because you need that power, you need that fire of the Holy Spirit working in you and working through you in order to subdue the works of the enemy, not only in your life, but in those that God brings your way to minister to. Kind of minister in the power and anointing of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I want to encourage you. This week and next week, I'm going to be talking more about this stuff. And I want to encourage you to open your heart and to be ready to receive more of a presence of the Holy Spirit, more of a life that the Holy Spirit gives, more of a power of the Holy Spirit, more of the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Begin to seek the Lord throughout this week. And next week, as I do the second part of this message, get ready to receive the touch of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, praise the Lord.
before we move on I just want to give an opportunity to anybody who's watched this message today or this live stream if you've never given your heart to Jesus this is the time to do that don't leave it for tomorrow or in a week's time because if you do you'll never do it make that decision now take the courage to take that step to say Jesus I need you in my life I want that power that Pastor Michel has been talking about I want to be filled with spiritual anointing and spiritual power and if that's you right now I'm going to pray very simple prayer but I'm going to ask you to pray from the bottom of your heart It's so simple to receive Jesus. All you have to do is invite him into your heart. Amen. If you're ready for that right now, just pray this prayer after me. Say, Lord Jesus, today I acknowledge that you are the Son of God, that you died for me, went to the cross, paid for all my sins, and that you rose again and that you are seated at the right hand of God making intercession for me and so Lord Jesus I ask you to come into my life to change me I ask you to come into my heart and to make a difference in my life from this day forward I want to receive you as my Lord and Savior and I want to serve you so Lord Jesus work in me work in my heart change me and make me the person that you want me to be I ask you right now to fill me with your spirit and I ask you to minister into my heart so that I can serve you from this day forward to the best of my ability. I praise you and I honor you and I receive you as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, the Lord Jesus has come. He's going to take you and change you and do whatever He needs to do in your life. Just open your heart to Him from this moment forward and let Him do what he needs to do in your life. Amen. Well, if you've been watching the live stream and you prayed that prayer, we'd like you to let us know. You can click the button that says, I'm a new believer on your screen or post a message on the chat. Give us your name, your contact details. We want to walk that journey with you. And we want to give you materials to help you along as you take your first steps with the Lord Jesus in your life. Amen.